Please, you gotta let me in. She's gonna kill me. No, don't believe her. It's okay. It's okay. Give me the gun. Help me. Nicole's flipped out. She's gone mad. <laughs> we all go a little mad sometimes. No, Claudia! Oh, fuck. Anthony Perkins, Psycho, 1960. Oh. Nicole, help me, please. <laughs> Surprise, Marty. Oh, no. <laughs> What's the matter, Marty? You look like you've seen a ghost. Why are you doing this? It's all a part of the podcast, Marty. And guess who you're swapping shows with? You're crazy, both of you. Oh, now that's a little ableist, isn't it? You'll never get away with this. Oh no? Tell that to Andrew Sherman. You wouldn't believe how easy he was to cancel. Listen to a few podcasts, take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. You know what time it is, Marn? It's after midnight. It's our anniversary. Congratulations, you brought us to the network one year ago today. Oh, this is gonna be such good content. You're gonna love this episode. It's a scream, baby. Hold on a second. We'll be right back. You can't do a slash room via the TV series. to Dead Teen House Party, a Scream recap podcast. I'm Claudia, and I use she, her, or plural they, them pronouns, and you can find me at PunkDyke on Twitter, P-U-N-K-D-Y-K-E. Can't believe nobody had that at. And joining me today is my co-host. Hello, I'm Nicole. I use she, her pronouns, and you can find me on Twitter at SexyPagliacci. That's S-E-X-Y-P-A-G-L-I-A-C-C-I, sad clown. We are here as part of the show swap today to talk about Scream 2022. Normally you guys have four hosts, but much like the climax of a Scream film, we are down to the final two people here. <gasps> Maybe one of us is the killer. We never know. I'll never tell. <laughs> We're the final girls. I mean, I'm a dead teen house party in and of myself. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into like the summary, do we want to kind of like talk about our history with Scream or something. Yeah, sure. I'm a big Scream fan. Mm -hmm. Scream is my favorite horror franchise. I don't quite know why exactly. I love horror movies. I'm a horror movie gal. But just something about Scream has always tickled me. Like, is it scary? No, but I <laughs> love it. And so I was really excited to talk about this one because it's like kicking off the reboot. And also, my favorite Nepo baby is in this movie. So Who? that's why I was really excited. <laughs> Wait, who's the Nepo baby in Jack this? Jack Quaid! <laughs> Which one is Jack Quaid? He's the, the boyfriend. Boyfriend. Jack Quaid, oh. son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. <laughs> okay. He's my, he's my favorite Nepo baby. <laughs> well, I thought he was good in this at least. So, you know, some merit. Yeah. Oh, no, I love him. He's so funny. <laughs> It's like, you know how when someone associates with people you like, you're like, oh, they must be a cool person. Mm -hmm. 
he was a guest on one of my favorite podcasts. And also I like him in The Boys and other things. But when I saw him as a guest on that podcast, I was like, oh, this guy slaps. He was very funny. Nice. So I have only seen the first Scream and I love it. I'm a, I'm a big Wes Craven fan, to be honest. I think that the first Scream is kind of a masterpiece. Oh, absolutely. And I have not seen the others, but I've heard they're mostly pretty good. I was a little hesitant about this one because I think I heard that Scream 4 wasn't that good. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know they poke fun at that in this movie. <laughs> I was very pleasantly surprised with this movie. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I loved this movie. The cast alone, we have, oh my God, spoiler alert for the movie. <gasps> we have like our main cast from the original Scream movies coming back. We have Jack Quaid, my favorite Nepo baby. And like one of our main characters is played by Jenna Ortega. Yeah. Our new Latin Scream queen. I love her. Was Jenna Ortega the one who was in Purple Hearts? No. That was Mikey Madison, I think. No, no, no. It, no. Purple Hearts was the chick from Descendants. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so she was not in this movie. Well, I liked it. I, I really enjoyed her work. Oh, she was young Jane in Jane the Virgin as well. Oh, Jenna? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jenna it was in a season three, I think, of You. She's in one of the later seasons of You. Mm. She is Wednesday Adams in Wednesday. That's what I'm thinking of. Yes, so she's in this. She's in the Scream movie that came out this year that I still haven't seen. I need to do that. Scream 6 right now. Yes. So yeah, modern day Scream Queen, and I love that for her, and I love that for us as a community, the Latino community, because we love horror more than anyone else. Look it up. It's a fact. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm very happy for you. Oh my God, thank you. This is a great personal victory. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I guess like I want to read the little like blurb summary that I googled. Yeah. Okay. Scream 2022. 25 years after a streak of brutal murders shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro, California, a new killer dons the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. (laughs) Spooky. So you've seen the first Scream movie, so you know. I have. Okay. We start this movie off with Jenna Ortega in the house alone, and it's, it, it, it mirrors the first Scream movie almost exactly. And then she gets a call on a landline. Oh, no. (laughs) So obviously she lives at like her parents' house because let me tell you, I do not have a landline, nor do I ever plan on having a landline. No. No. So she's home alone and texting her friend Amber. And she's like, oh, my God, the landline won't stop ringing. And she picks it up. And it's some guy. And he's like, oh, I'm looking for so-and-so, her mother. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, she's not here. And then this guy starts talking to her, which like, listen, if somebody called asking for my mother and then tried to start up a conversation with me, I'd be like, listen, dude, I'm busy. Goodbye. But she (laughs) entertains him for a good like minute or so before he starts being creepy, like Mm -hmm. real creepy, like serial killer creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as in the first scream, I guess, though I feel like culture around like wrong numbers and unknown numbers has changed since 1996. Oh, absolutely. If I see a number I don't recognize, I don't even like look at it. I'm like, either leave a message or don't. And like, let me Google you real quick. (laughs) I am actually the person who normally picks up numbers pretty much no matter what. Really? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) 
sometimes I just want to know. My grandma recently got a new phone number and called me and I was like, I don't recognize this number. And I also don't know anybody from this like area code. Mm-hmm. Didn't answer. So my mom texted me. She was like, my mom told me to tell you <laughs> that she got a new <laughs> number. <laughs> so she, if you didn't pick up because you didn't recognize the number, she understands. But that's her. And I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. One thing I did notice in this opening scene is that Jenna Ortega does the exact same move while talking on the phone as Drew Barrymore did in the first screen where she like pulls a knife from the block, just kind of like casually plays with it like while talking. Oh. Yeah. Because I remember in the first movie, she's like, you know, the guy's like, what's your favorite horror movie? And she's like, uh, Halloween. <laughs> she says Halloween, right? oh, No, she says Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. Because he asked the trick question about Jason yeah. being the killer. And it's like, no, Jason's mother was the killer. You dumb yeah. bitch. And kills her. I find it funny that they used basically the same format where the final question is a trick question. You know, who was the killer in Stab? There were two killers in Stab. <laughs> so Ghostface is like FaceTiming her. And she sees her best friend, Amber, who she was texting, getting ready in the mirror. And he's like, oh, I cloned her phone or whatever. Now answer these questions or you're going to McFucking die. He starts quizzing her on the stab movies. Did you try to answer the questions as well? Because I did. Yes. And I got all of them right, including the last one. The only ones I got right were the last one. Oh. <laughs> I did remember it was it was two of them. And I think I even remembered their names. But... Like, oh, Gail Weathers. I could not tell you fucking Courtney Cox's character's name oh, before, no. <laughs> the, before tonight or last night. Because it's like, who was the main character? Sydney Prescott. Yeah. Who was the book by Gail Weathers? And they're like, who played the first girl, Drew Barrymore, in the. Because mm. they say Heather Graham, I think, in the Stab movies in Universe, mm. but it's Drew Barrymore. What was funny to me is that she pulls up the like IMDb page for Stab. And the cast there is all fictional. But one person who stood out to me is apparently David Schwimmer is in the first Stab movie instead of Courtney Cox. So like you get a completely different person from Friends. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually very funny. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Also, at the risk of sounding like the biggest boomer in the entire world, (laughs) what is phone cloning? I've never heard of this in my entire life. I've heard of it. But, like, is it, like, actually a thing? It sounds like something that, like, maybe can happen, but is mostly made up for freaking <laughs> movies. Hang on, let's Google it. Because, like, I've heard of it before, but how legitimate is it? Phone cloning, according to Wikipedia. Phone cloning is the copying of identity from one cellular device to another. Well, like, yeah. But, like... Can someone clone your phone without you knowing? It's possible. (gasps) If a hacker knows the login details to your backup accounts, for them to download the contents of your phone or even create a clone of your device. Okay, so it's like, it's essentially hacking, but then you continue the hack by just like getting all the data from their backup shit onto your own phone to make it look like it's their phone. I guess so. So it's like, would you be able to copy like the cell phone number? Yeah, because you would need a SIM card, right? Unless they were like, because if they were talking on. Oh, yeah. If you're yeah. talking on like, you know, FaceTime or whatever. Or like iMessage and stuff. Yeah. Then that like copies from one device to another. So like that makes sense. But I mean, it's like if I'm texting you mm-hmm. using like my phone, actual phone messenger thing where my phone number pops up. Yeah. Would you be able to clone that? I feel like you couldn't because that's attached to a SIM card. Yeah. But I don't know. We're not we're not hackers. Yeah. Any hackers in our audience, please let us know. (laughs) 
please add us. Our handles are at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> so yeah, so she gets that last question wrong and she's like, oh, fuck, like Amber, I got to go get her. She starts running out the door and who's out the door? But Ghostface and she fights back. Yeah. Also, they have a, a huge rabbit season, duck season moment with security armed. Security oh, yeah. disarmed. Security <laughs> armed. And yeah, she she fucking fights. She does. And like, okay, I've seen my fair share of horror movies. I've, I've watched so many horror movies. If there's a bad horror movie on Netflix or Hulu or something, there's a good chance I've watched it. Because mm-hmm. I love me some horror. Always have. I'm a spooky bitch. <laughs> I feel like I'd be able to hold my own too because sometimes you watch these movies and like, oh my God. So throw back to like the first movie mm-hmm. and also kind of second, Randy, the movie expert guy was like, oh, there are rules to this. That'd be me. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, I know. I know the formula here. Honestly, same. As a woman of color, I'm at a disadvantage, but you know. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> anyway. But I would hold my own. And she did. She fought. She got stabbed so many times. She lived. She lives. When, who was it, Wes calls up our real main character, Sam, and is like, hey, your sister Tara was attacked uh, and she was stabbed a bunch, but she she's okay. She lived. She got to have surgery fine. I was like, the bitch lived? I was surprised because I was expecting it to be like an exact copy of the first movie. Yeah. So for her to die and then be like, look at this other person coming in. It just happens to be her sister. Yeah, it was kind of a fun, fun uh, subversion. Yeah. Also, it shows that this new ghost face is actually pretty inept. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of them, at least. Mm hmm. Ooh, spoilers. Ooh, spoilers. Is it two killers in every scream? Um, let me see. In the first one, we have Billy and Stu. And the second one is Billy's mom and Timothy Oliphant, I think it is, who's like a student. And the third one, it's the movie. The movie itself is the killer? I don't know, because like the, that's the one where they're filming the, where they're on oh. like the movie set. Oh, Scream 3 is the only film in the franchise where only one identity is revealed as Ghostface. <laughs> okay, that's fun. Okay. That itself is the twist at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but then who's in Scream 4? Because in Scream 4, it's Emma Roberts and who else? And Charlie Walker, played by Rory Culkin. Emma Roberts. Was Emma Roberts unfabulous? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Julia Roberts' niece. I like her. I don't like her. Really? <laughs> she, is not, she is not one of my favorite Nepo babies. But have you seen Nancy Drew 2010? I don't think so. I remember liking that movie when I saw it. <laughs> like 14 years ago. <laughs> I don't know. I saw, what did I watch? I watched Little Italy recently. It was oh, so bad. A classic. <laughs> <laughs> so I do not care for Emma Roberts. I did. I really did not like Scream 4. Mm-hmm. So this was quite a comeback franchise wise. <laughs> so yeah, the bitch lives. And so, yeah, like you said, Sam, who is played by Melissa Barrera, who I don't think I've I don't think I'd ever seen her in anything prior to this. She looks so familiar, but I think it's because they actually cast someone who vaguely looks like Skeet Ulrich. Oh, maybe. Actually, Jenna Ortega looks more like Skeet Ulrich than than uh, Melissa Barrera. She was in In the Heights. She was Vanessa. Oh, but she's a she's a telenovela actress from Mexico, yeah. so she has been in stuff. It's just like. It looks like she her her U.S. debut is more recent. Good yeah. for her. You'd love to see it. 
So yeah, so she's a sister and she's with her boyfriend, Richie, who is played by my favorite Nepo baby, Mm -hmm. Jack Quaid, son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Imagine being the child of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. (laughs) A match made in heaven. Jack Quaid needs to be in more romantic comedies. It's literally in his blood. It's true. It's true. Okay. Yeah. So Wes Hicks. Oh, Wes is played by Dylan Minnette. Who is that? Because he looks so familiar. He's the guy from 13 Reasons Why. Oh, yeah. yeah. His hair. Can we talk about his hair in this movie? It is so bad. I kind of like it. Really? <laughs> I mean, I had a very similar hairstyle in college. Oh, no. Where like I, I dyed like just the top of my head or like just kind of like I had like <laughs> like a reverse Costanza bleaching. <laughs> <laughs> His hair is just like I like I I'm wondering if they did it to kind of mirror like a 90s style with like the frosted mm. tips. So I was I was wondering, but I don't like his face and I think it's because I really don't like 13 Reasons Why and I just uh, automatically like associate him with that in my brain. I've heard it's really not good. It's really not good. I watched I think like part of the first season and I just couldn't get through it. I'm like this yeah. is bad. And then like the main story ends after the first season, but then they've made more seasons. So yeah, they're just they going off book. They're just writing fanfic at this point. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so Dylan Minnette calls Sam. So she comes back to town with her boyfriend, Richie, in tow. And uh, on the way there, she's like, by the way, the town we're going to is where uh, a bunch of serial killings happened. Like, just so you know. And, you know, they made the hit stab movies off them. He's like, I've never seen them. But they're all on Netflix, so he's going to start watching them. Do some research. (laughs) I mean, yeah. (laughs) At the hospital, we meet like our entire supporting cast. So we meet Wes, who had called Sam. Amber Freeman, who is Tara, so Jenna Ortega's best friend, the one who was going to get murdered if Jenna didn't do anything. Excuse Mm -hmm. me, Tara. And then Chad and Mindy Meeks Martin, who are twins, and Liv McKenzie. Who's Liv? Liv is Chad's girlfriend. Right. Oh. I think they only say her name like once. I yeah. mostly knew her as the girl with the red hair who's dating Chad. Yeah. So fun fact, Chad and Mindy, their uncle was Randy from the first movie, the yeah. movie buff. So I thought that was fun. I like that Mindy follows in his footsteps. Yeah. Like Chad too, a little bit. Yeah. But we see way later on that he's just like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, you might be the killer. <laughs> <laughs> um, But especially Mindy takes after him, which is great. It's nice to have that role given to a black woman. Right? I really enjoyed her character, to be honest, and her performance. I thought she was fun. Oh, she was great. I even like Chad. Chad was funny. Yeah, Chad was cool. Yeah. Oh, and she's she's a lesbian in real life. <gasps> Love that for her. Oh, my God. So all the kids, the supporting cast, they go to like a bar or something, a dive bar that apparently allows children inside. Well, I mean, they're all 20, even though they're in high school. So <laughs> wait, really? Probably not in universe, but they oh, all okay. do look say, very like, like 25. Oh, yeah. No, Jenna Ortega, I think, is like 22 or I don't know. She's older now. She's like. No, Jenna Ortega's 20 years old. Oh, okay. So she was like actually high school age when this was filmed. She does look like the most like a child there. Yeah. 
everyone else looks older for sure. Also, when they go see Tara in the hospital, she looks so fucking pale. It made me like, it gave me like anxiety of like, oh my, oh my god, I know. Like, I mean, like, yes, she's been stabbed several times, but still, yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like, they really did a good job of making me worry about her. Yeah. But Sam needs to talk to her sister or whatever, and she's tired. So Tara's like, all right, everyone, like, get out of here. Let's let the let's let them talk and whatever. But we can tell that Amber doesn't particularly care for Sam. There's some some family baggage happening there. So the supporting cast, they all go to a bar, which like, how the fuck do they get in there in universe? Yeah, I don't um, know. Whatever. <laughs> and what is it? I think like Chad accidentally bumps into somebody or. This guy is Liv's ex-boyfriend. And so like they they get into this little spat and they're like, oh, no, come on, let's go. Or like they get kicked out of the bar or whatever. So Vince, the ex-boyfriend, is outside being a little bitch and then gets murdered yeah. by Ghostface. And it's like, that's weird. Like, why is this random guy getting murdered? And mm. then it's revealed that his uncle was Stu Mocker, as in one of the killers from the first movie. So there's a connection there. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, why did Jenna Ortega get stabbed? Yeah. Interesting. We have no idea. Oh, also, can we talk about, before this, can we talk about the moment where they're in the bar and Chad is talking about how he thinks Sam is, like, nice and cool and Mindy is like, you just like her because she lets you wear a Pokemon onesie every night for like a whole year. And he was like, <laughs> that is true. That is a true statement. <laughs> oh, Chad. Chad's great. Yeah. So Sam is visiting Tara at the hospital still. Richie is also there watching Netflix. <laughs> yeah, Richie is also there. He's watching Netflix. He's watching Stab. <laughs> she gets up to like go to the bathroom or something. Get she some goes coffee. to the break room. Yeah. Yeah. She gets some coffee or something and she gets a call and uh, it's it's fucking Ghostface. Ah. She's like, who is this? And he says, someone who knows your little family secret. <gasps> what could, oh, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yuji knows your family secret. <gasps> I know adopted. your family secret. <laughs> he says, I know your little family secret. And she's like, oh, you're the fuck who hurt my sister. And he said, She's not the only one who I'm going to hurt. I had to get you to come back here somehow, didn't I? <gasps> so Tara wasn't the real target. It was Sam. So I ask you, because this did not occur to me earlier on, do you think Ghostface would have gone through with killing Tara? I don't know. I think that Ghostface would have. Oh. I genuinely think that. Okay. Because I, I didn't think about that until now where I'm like, okay, because, you know, Sam was the real target. I feel like Sam would come back to town either way, either because Tara is in the hospital or because Tara is, is dead and it's her funeral now. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, but we learn that Tara wasn't the real target. It's Sam. And who pops out of nowhere but Ghostface? Yeah. She's like, oh, you want me? Come and fucking get me. And he's like, gladly. And he pops out from behind the door. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wonder how she didn't hear him talking from like 10 feet away. Yeah, who knows? Movie, it's called movie, movie magic. <laughs> yeah, movie magic. Suspension of disbelief. I'll, it was a cool moment. I'll let it go. <laughs> I do love me a point in a horror film where the killer just like pops out from right behind them. It's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, so she gets attacked in the hospital, but she runs into a police officer because Tara's room is being guarded. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ghostface runs off somewhere. Briefly, it's just like, oh, my God, is it Richie? But Richie's like, I've just been in here watching Netflix the whole time. It's like all oh, this <laughs> goofy little guy. He's yeah. so funny in this movie. I really enjoy him. Right? <laughs> He's just like a dweeb. <laughs> he really, he's such a fucking dweeb. I love him. So yeah, the, the officer busts into the room, gun drawn, and there's no ghost face. It appears that he's run out the other direction. So Sam goes to the bathroom to collect herself. She washes her face. She takes a pill, an antipsychotic specifically. She looks in the mirror and she sees Billy Loomis. Oh. And I'm like, oh. It's Skeet Ulrich in makeup that almost makes me believe he's not 50. Yeah, right? <laughs> it, the makeup looks pretty good. I wonder if they like also had, like, they had to have used some effects also. Because it did look really good. There were some points where, like, there were close-ups on him where I'm like, that man has, like, crow's feet and, and like, yeah, right? grayish hair. Because, I mean, like, he looks great still. Yeah. All right, so was it CGI or what? While you're looking that up, the sheriff, she comes in to talk with Sam and Tara and Richie and Amber about what the hell is going on, where was everybody at the time. And Sam starts getting a little little fresh with the sheriff, and she's like, Sam, can I talk to you outside? The sheriff is basically like, bitch, you're not welcome here. For some, why is, did we ever really learn what the sheriff's beef with Sam is? Her beef with Sam is that Sam, as a teenager, before she left the town, was a little bit of a delinquent, doing drugs and, like, a bunch of other shit because she was going through a crisis. She did every drug known to man or whatever. Me too. Wellbutrin, Lamotrigine. (laughs) (laughs) I've tried them all. (laughs) Depakote. Zoloft. So that, that's the sheriff's beef with Sam. But also it's just like, girl, you are a grown ass woman and you're beefing with this, what, 20 year old? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, relax. But, you know, she's a cop, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what they do. So Sam goes back into into the room and with just Tara there. And she's like, I've got to tell you some stuff. So when I was 13, I was looking for Christmas presents in the attic And I found this box of our mom's old stuff from high school, and there were some diaries in there. And I was like, you know, maybe I shouldn't read these, but also, you know, mom got pregnant with me in high school. I thought it would be kind of cool and, like, romantic to see how she and dad got together. But I read them, and it turns out it, it wasn't romantic. She was with dad, but she was in love with this other guy. And he got her pregnant, and she just told dad that it was his. My real dad... It's actually Billy Loomis. <gasps> and I'm like, man, <laughs> like senior year seems to have been a busy time for Billy. <laughs> yeah, Doing, right. doing some murders, getting a girl pregnant. While also dating Neve yeah. Campbell the whole time. <laughs> yeah, she he's dating Sydney the whole time and apparently has time between murders to, to get also, some action on the side. To also cheat on her. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my God, spoiler alert. Sydney comes back later on in this movie and like, you know, she learns that Sam's Billy Loomis's daughter and it's just like I feel like like the cherry on top like this dude fucking like killed your mom <laughs> and also tried to kill you, killed all of your friends. And also he cheated on you on top yeah. of all of that. <laughs> I really wish they had a line addressing that. Right? She just kind of gives her a look. I really wish she was like, you know, like really. <laughs> <laughs> just the, the cherry on top. But yeah, so Sam is Billy Loomis's daughter and the killer somehow knows that. Also, Sam blames herself for 
her parents divorcing because she immediately went and told her mom, like, like, how dare you? I've read this, these diaries. How dare you keep the secret from me, a 13-year-old, that my father is actually a serial killer and that you cheated on dad in high school and he married you sort of under false pretenses. And apparently her dad was right behind her when she was <laughs> saying all that and he didn't know until this point. So he, he split after that. Oh yeah, he was like, I'm out, goodbye. And then her mom, first of all, told her like, you can never... Tell Tara this. She's too young. <gasps> and then she's like, you know, that's why I got weird and distant with you. And I did all these drugs and I moved away. And Tara is just like not really able to process all this. She's kind of pissed. She's like, get out of here. Yeah. I don't want you anymore, you dumb animal. <laughs> <laughs> she white fangs her sister. <laughs> I feel like by 30 minutes in in the first movie, we didn't have like three attacks already no we had drew barrymore oh we had our boyfriend also oh yeah that's true i consider that to be like one attack yeah and by this point we've had three yeah i guess they do get sydney in the bathroom whatever anyway oh that's true yeah in the school i like opened up a whole bunch of tabs what was i looking up oh uh was skeet ulrich uh cgi'd i couldn't find anything i think it's just makeup I think Maybe. a lot of the, the effects in this movie look pretty practical. Yeah. Like, he's he's a very handsome man who's aging very well, so... Yeah. If makeup was all they needed, I wouldn't be surprised. You know who's not aging well, and I hate to say it? Courtney Cox. Yeah. Skeletor showing up in this movie. I feel like a lot of it is the work she had done. Yeah, it's the Botox and shit. She didn't I mean, need she stopped it. looking good in, like, 2002. When she got the sharpest cheekbones imaginable all of a sudden. I feel like she looked better in this movie than she had in like a while. And that's probably because maybe she started laying off of it. Maybe. I don't know, but it was rough. It's rough what Hollywood does to women. I know, right? Because I mean, she's a beautiful woman and you can tell too. Yeah. But it's just like, oh, like the Botox just did not help you. But yeah, they definitely, I'm like looking at at pictures of Ski Ulrich now and it looks like makeup. Yeah. But, you know, also like the in, in the hallucinations and whatever, he's all bloodied up and stuff. So it's like, oh, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. Like the, the dude's just been stabbed or shot a couple times. So like, uh, of course, he looks rough. Yeah, that adds 50 years. Yeah, <laughs> 50 years. <laughs> OK, 25. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So then we do we see Dewey before the characters go and meet him or do we see him when the characters go and meet him? I think we, we see him when the characters go and meet him because there's a big reveal where he opens the door and they give us a second to be like, oh, my God, as an audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, sitcom moment where, where everyone's supposed to applaud in the live studio audience. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Sam and Richie go visit David Arquette, Dewey, because he's still in town. And they are like, he, he's been through this, so like he can help us. Fun fact, back in Connecticut, David Arquette visited one of the places I worked at mm-hmm. and signed something for us. And then they almost got, they got, they were going to get rid of it. And I was like, no, like, I'll take this. So I took it. So in my office for a very long time was like a little piece of paper that he had signed. That's very cool. I should have taken that with me when I quit. Uh, I had a signature. Oh, well. It wasn't really his signature. It was mostly just his name. <laughs> is that not what a signature is? Well, I mean, like, not, like, signed. It's just, like, printed. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So they consult with Dewey because 
Dewey has been through this multiple times and they poor need guy. an expert on yeah, poor, <laughs> poor Dewey. He even says, like, I've been stabbed nine times. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking poor guy. We also briefly see Dewey watching Gale on not Good Morning America. They they called it something else, but it's very clear. Good morrow, United States. <laughs> Dewey's first of all, like, I don't want to talk about this. Then he's like, You have you have two minutes. I'm pretty sure the scene is actually like two minutes long. Dewey's like, all right, well, just so you know, like the boyfriend's always the killer. How long have mm-hmm. you guys known each other? And Sam's like, oh, six months. And he was like, yeah, that's, he's like, and did you know your secret before then? Because the only reason he lets them in really is because Sam says, I'm Billy Loomis's daughter. Yeah. But no, apparently he did not know beforehand. So Dewey says, listen, like there are rules to this shit, you know? And so it's like, if it's like not the boyfriend, it's like it's always a love interest, but whatever. Mm-hmm. If your sister's got a big group of friends, the killer is in the friend group. Mm-hmm. First of all, I actually did look. The scene is like two minutes and 15 seconds long. Oh, so he gave him an extra 15 seconds. Yeah, because he does like stop and think about like if he actually wants to help them at the end. And then he's like, your time's up. This was the moment where I was I was a little bit like they're playing it too hard. Like mm-hmm. the, the meta stuff. But yeah. also, like, Scream has always played the meta stuff too hard. Always. But, like, the too hard is kind of the charm of it. Mm-hmm. Also, can we have a discussion here about elevated horror? Yes. Okay. So, first of all, I fully agree with John Carpenter when, I think it was John Carpenter, when an interviewer tried to define elevated horror to him, and he was like, that sounds fucking stupid. <laughs> but I really appreciate the idea that I think the creators are trying to put forward here that a horror movie doesn't have to be like, you know, an art film to be good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all the movies that uh, Jenna Ortega lists as like elevate horror, the Babadook. Oh, what were the other ones? I know she listed hereditary. I was like, because I (laughs) fucking hate hereditary. I hate Ari Aster. Promote your your video here. (laughs) Yeah, I I made a whole video about how Ari Aster is ableist. Watch it. It's very good. Thank you. I really enjoy how, like, this film does not present itself as, like, high art. Yeah. Even though it's, like, a meta-commentary. And, like, we talk about this, too, in, like, other contexts, like, on our on our show, mm-hmm. where it's, like, not everything needs to be high art in order yeah. to be enjoyable. And, like, something being good is very subjective. Mm-hmm. If I have fun, that's all that matters, you know? I'm just here yeah. for a good time. And I think, like... A movie can be good and can be, like, thematically rich while also not taking itself the most seriously. Mm-hmm. I feel like Scream is is really, really good. And I wouldn't call it elevated horror. I, yeah. It's just, like, a good slasher film that's a discussion on horror in general. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm trying to say fully, but, like... I really enjoyed how this movie seems to just take the piss out of people who are like, oh, elevate horror. That's the only type that I enjoy. It's like, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So after this meeting with Dewey, well, Dewey first calls Sydney and was like, hey, it's happening again. Mm -hmm. And it turns out it doesn't it doesn't seem like they've talked in a long time. Yeah. Sydney has like a family now, a husband, at least two kids. Mm -hmm. Because she says the girls at one point. Yep. So, which, like, you know, as somebody who's been following her for 25 years, it's, like, good for her. <laughs> yeah. She, are, she, she deserves it. She's been tortured too many times. Oh, God. Just let the woman live a life. For real. 
but it's happening again. And, you know, so Sydney's like, oh, Jesus Christ, because they repeat this multiple times throughout the movie. It always goes back to the original. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, going back to the original, we have like all these murders connected to people from the original Woodsboro murders. And, you know, with Sam being Billy Loomis's daughter and like the twins being Randy's nibblings, right? Yeah, nibblings. Yeah. So it always goes back to the original. So Sydney knows that she is not safe either. And then poor Dewey, who is separated from Gail because they had some kind of falling out, even though they were madly in love. The perfect couple, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Just text her. So Sam and Richie arranged this like meeting at the at the twins residence, basically to be like, one of you has to be the killer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Surprise, surprise, but they're joined by Dewey, who expressed zero interest in helping them out before, but he's in it now. Also, here's the point where Mindy, like, lays out the, like, connected to the original thing. She talks about requels, reboot sequels. Yes, or legacy sequels. Yeah, legacy sequels. I I like legacy sequels better. Legacy (laughs) sequels. The concept that she lays out is that you can't just reboot a movie anymore because everyone will throw a fucking fit about it. And you don't want to do a sequel specifically because there's no reason for new people to get into it when you have, you know, X number of movies behind you already. And they're like, I haven't seen the first seven Saws, so I'm probably not going to go see Saw 8. So you tie it back to the original. New characters, but the legacy characters are there too. And she's like, you know, the new Saw movies, Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Halloween. And like, yeah, very true. Yeah, I'll go back to the original. And so Wes is like, oh, well, my mom was like a sort of adjacent to the original murders. And they're like, oh, but she was like in the sequel. So it doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, (laughs) I really, really enjoy that diss. Yeah, right. (laughs) Nobody cares about the sequel characters. (laughs) But the twins are like, you know, but we're Randy's nibblings. So like we're at risk. Mm -hmm. Also, the twins' mom is played by... The best friend from The Princess Diaries? Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, because was she actually... Like, did they ever mention that Randy had a sister? None the first one. I don't know about the sequels because I haven't seen them. I'm looking it up. All right. She was in Scream 3. Ah. Scream 3 as Martha Meeks. So she was ah, okay, okay. Randy's sister. Okay, but I guess she was introduced like later on because I don't see her in Scream 1 or 2. Yeah. But also that's fun too that she came back. Yeah. I like that a lot. They yeah. got everyone, basically, that they could. Even if their characters aren't in the scene in the scene, there's a moment at the house party later where apparently, like, the entire cast, like, provide voices of people at the house party. Wait, really? Just, like, in, yeah, I looked this up, up on Wikipedia. That's so I'll fun. I'll it when we get there, but it's, okay. like, kind of a tribute. That's so fun. Yeah. Also, Mindy's like, to some people, the original movie, or I don't know if she specifically says like the original stab, but the original is like their favorite thing in the world. And I was like, oh, it's Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And then all these, all these friends like turn on each other and not, (laughs) not like horribly, but they're all like, damn, you're probably the killer. (laughs) (laughs) Just like each person in turn, like. Yeah, you're probably the person who tried to murder our friend. Mindy absolutely roasts Chad's girlfriend where she's like, you're too boring to be the killer. (laughs) Yeah, get her ass, (laughs) frankly. 
Like, damn. <laughs> I, I would be insulted. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. At least I'm not a suspect. But also, damn. Okay. Shit. <laughs> I, I would kind of want to be a suspect at that yeah, point. Right. <laughs> like, you don't think I could kill someone? Like, well, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they all go their separate ways. And so then we see Wes at his house, which I'm wondering. I'm like, did they like... When did, when did Wes Craven die? He died 2015. And yes, they did name him after Wes Craven. Okay. I was wondering if they, that was like a, on purpose. But also like, damn, he got he got murdered. Oh my God, spoilers. We're just about to get there. <laughs> <laughs> so his mother, Judy, is the sheriff. And so as previously mentioned, she was somehow connected to everything in, earlier on. But she's mm-hmm. not important because she was like a sequel character or whatever. Yeah. But she goes out to like get sushi or something and Wes is going to take a shower and she gets a call from Ghostface. Ghostface. Scary. And she's like, well, how do I know, you know, like you're really there with my son? And he's like, you ever seen Psycho? Referring to the shower scene because before she left, she's like, oh, like, go take a shower. Or he said he was going to go take a shower while she went and got food. What's funny is immediately after that, they cut to Wes in the shower and they do like one or two shots that are directly mirroring the shower scene in Psycho. Like they, yes. do, they do the shot of the like nozzle, mm-hmm. like head on. And like that distinctly is, is Psycho. I thought that was funny. This scene I really liked. Yeah, this scene of rules. There was so much to talk about. So yes, the Psycho references. And then also there's always like that part in a horror movie where someone's like opening a door or something and they close it and then you see behind the doors the killer and they do that gag like three times in a row and each time like the music swells and everything and then he closes the door to the cupboard or the fridge or whatever and there's no one behind there that got a laugh out of me like (laughs) the second and third time that they did it it's really good it's so good i i was i'm like i freaking love this so his mother is like rushing back and she's like all units like head to my house because her son's in danger. And so she gets home, runs out of her car, and who jumps out from behind a fucking like shrub or something in front of the house in the middle of the day? Yeah. Ghostface and kills her like on her front step. Yeah. I found that really cool to realize in that moment that Wes wasn't the target. Yeah, right? She was the target. He was the bait. And then they just kill Wes anyway. Yeah, they kill Wes anyway. (laughs) Wes's death was fucking brutal. Brutal. He gets stabbed in the neck. Like slowly, too. Yes, and it goes like like, all the way through. Yeah. Horrifying shit. Have you seen the anime Another? Yes. Oh, it's been a long time since I watched it, though. I think I watched it in like college. I think one of our friends told me to do it. Yeah, I think so. I watched it in a in a watch party with said friends from college. Mm -hmm. And most of the show did not get me. But the teacher, the teacher where he stabs himself in the neck in front Mm -hmm. of like the whole class. Oh, that is actually a distinct moment that I remember like switching during college where I think one of our kids or something like briefly came out and like clung to our mutual friend Aww. after it was over. <laughs> I was like, uh, sorry. So yeah, Wes gets, so he gets stabbed in the neck, which is nuts. How does Sam end up there? Like, why does she end up there? I think she was in the area and she saw cop cars and like a crime scene investigation at this place. And she sees that they are very distinctly putting a sheet over who is probably the sheriff. Mm-hmm. She tries to like to get past the tape and an officer is like, I'm sorry, ma'am, this is a crime scene. You can't come through. And she's like, my friend lives here. Like, I know her son. Yeah, I know her son. And he's like, I'm sorry. And she's like, is he OK? 
And he's just like, I'm sorry. Oh, rough. Yeah. And who shows up but Gail Weathers? Yeah, Gail is here. Can we talk about how Gail looks like she's wearing a day collar? Like her necklace very distinctly has like an O-ring on it. Oh no. I only noticed it because I I learned about day collars because there was a conspiracy theory that former prime minister of the UK, Liz (laughs) whatever, the one who only lasted like 30 days, was in like a full-time BDSM relationship. And the like necklace that she always wears with like a very distinct O-ring on it is like her day collar. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. But now I look up, because like I've seen shit like that. I literally looked up day collar. Mm-hmm. And one of the results that comes up, the sponsored search results on Google, one of them is an Etsy listing for $11.16 and up. You can get something that is labeled mom gift, (laughs) O-ring choker discreet day collar, layered Mm -hmm. necklace set, gifts for mom, women's choker collar, O-ring collar beaded necklace. Mommy? Sorry, mommy? (laughs) So if you want to get your mom a day collar. Oh, God, I'm pretty sure my mother has a piece of jewelry like this. Yeah, that's the thing. That's that's why it's it's like so Mm -hmm. discreet, because, you know, a lot of people have jewelry that that has just like a single ring on it yeah it's not necessarily a bdsm thing it's subtle yeah nobody knows who doesn't know but also i'm looking at this outfit and i'm like i know oh yeah this bright red <laughs> outfit yeah the bright red outfit her whole personality i'm like i don't know i think i think gail weathers can be a sub <laughs> <laughs> so gail weathers shows up day collar and all <laughs> right <laughs> sam recognizes her and you know starts talking to her and then so yeah so they have this like very brief conversation but then gail spots dewey and goes up to him and she's like a fucking text like you told me the killer was back through a text and then we like learn about their falling out which like eh, i guess they try yeah. to make like long distance work and then it didn't work and or Whatever. something can i say i don't give a shit about that yeah it was like, you know, a footnote at the end of the first scream that was kind of cute, but like... I'm pretty sure they were like on and off for the first three movies. Yeah, I'm sure. Whatever. I I, don't, I didn't see two and three. <laughs> anyway, so Sam sees the cop from the hospital who was like guarding her sister. And she was like, who is at the hospital right now? And the cop who was there, he's like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I was, you know... Just heard that the sheriff died. Yeah, they said all units to come <laughs> here. It's like, yeah, you fucking useless piece of garbage. So Sam races to the hospital because she immediately recognizes that her sister is now greatly in danger. Oh my god! And this scene mm. with Tara was like so painful oh to watch, where she like transfers into the, into the fucking wheelchair in the most like horrible scene. Oh my god. You know, she got stabbed through the fucking hand in the first scene of the movie. She got her her fucking ankle broken, her leg broken. Yeah. And she's been stabbed multiple times, so moving at all fucking hurts. But she's like, fuck this. I'm not staying in the bed and waiting to get stabbed. I'm getting in the wheelchair and going mobile to get stabbed. (laughs) But oh my god, just watching her get out of that bed so mm-hmm. painful to watch i was like just cringing the whole time like oh god like oh god this looks so painful she really sold it <laughs> yeah hang on so my wife is a certified nursing assistant oh. and like transfers people 
from bed to wheelchair all the time. Hey, sweetie. I want to see their opinion on this. Oh my God, yes. Hey, sweetie. Hi. So you are a certified nursing assistant. Mm-hmm. Also say hi to Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hello. There is this scene in the movie here where somebody who is who's recently attempted to be killed transfers into a wheelchair. I was wondering how this made you feel. To describe her injuries, in the first scene in the movie, she was stabbed through the hand, her ankle was broken, she was stabbed multiple times in the chest and stomach. She lived. Here's a painful scene for you to watch. That's her first time transferring? Yeah. No one taught her how to transfer. Mm-hmm. She's getting out of bed right now because she realized that Ghostface is probably in the hospital with her, and she's not just going to wait around to be stabbed. That's fair. I feel like as someone's first time, like not thinking clearly, Mm -hmm. I mean, she took an IV out, so she's still in treatment. Mm -hmm. Not knowing how to transfer, Mm -hmm. it's okay. Mm -hmm. Does it hurt you to watch her like fucking? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm just like, okay, clearly no one has showed her anything. Yeah. Because like, at the very least... Take the sheet off before you transfer. Yeah, that is true. She does not. <laughs> like, she's trapped in the, tr- in the sheet. I mean, it's pretty clear that they never intended her to get out of bed at this point. Yeah, exactly. Like, or at the very least, like, without supervision. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Thanks, sweetie. You're welcome. Love you. Love you, too. Painful. Painful. Horrifying. Ugh. Ugh. It's a rough scene to watch. Fortunately, there's a wheelchair in her room also. Yeah. Oof. Convenient. So she's like wheeling herself around this hospital and she does run into a couple of dead bodies. So, mm-hmm. yeah, her suspicion was correct. Ghostface is in the hospital, which also I feel like during these hospital scenes, it's like, I don't know, maybe because I've never been to a hospital after hours or something. But like, I feel like there should be more people there. Oh, they said earlier they transferred her to a private floor. Oh, OK, OK. For like maximum security. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, for minimum witnesses. Yeah, right. <laughs> God, this this poor girl is like trying to hide and everything. And Richie shows up and he says, "Sam called me and told me you might be in trouble, so I'm here to help." And then Ghostface comes out of nowhere and starts attacking them. Sam, who is on her way to the hospital with Dewey. Dewey went with her when she said, "Like, who is at my at the hospital with my sister?" Yes. So yeah, so she's rushing to the hospital with Dewey and she gets a call from Ghostface and Ghostface is just like, all right, like you can only save one. Like, do I kill your sister or do I kill your boyfriend? Like, tell me which one to kill. And Sam's like, oh my God, no, like, don't make me choose, blah, blah, blah. And Ghostface is like, oh, you can't even choose. Oh, don't make me choose. (laughs) Debbie Ryan hair behind you. (laughs) And Ghostface is like, no, you have to choose. And she says, no, I was just killing time. And then the elevator dings and opens and Dewey has his gun out and bah, shoots at Ghostface, but misses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they do save Tara as a result. Because yes. Ghostface fucking runs for it. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole fight scene at the end of which Dewey like unloads a clip into Ghostface like bodily. And then, you know, all of them are like, all right, we got to get out of here. And then Dewey, like, stops at the elevator and he's like, I gotta go shoot him in the head. They always come back unless you get a headshot. Which I'm like, you couldn't have done this, like, two minutes ago? Yeah, right. But, you know, also the drama. Sam is like, Dewey, who gives a fuck? And he's just like, I do. 
And there's a cool moment. The, the elevator door closes after he says that, and he turns around, very slowly walks over to Ghostface. He, like, unloads the empty shells from his revolver and puts new ones in in a very cool manner. He's walking over, like, the broken glass. Yeah. Uh, and then Ghostface just fucking stabs him and kills him. Yeah, he has his gun out and he gets a phone call and like briefly looks down and Ghostface is like, ha ha, surprise, bitch. <laughs> and kills the fuck out of Dewey, Dewey Fur. What's his full name? <laughs> Dewey Riley. Dewey Riley. Terrible name. Dewey. Is that his real name? Like like Dewey, his government name? I think so. That's what Wikipedia calls him, Dewey Riley. And there's no like quotations around it or anything. Dwight. Dwight, Dwight Dewey uh, Riley. Interesting. R.I.P. to Dwight, who gets McFucking stabbed. F. Oh, also, in that moment where Dewey is getting stabbed, he looks down and notices that Ghostface was actually wearing a bulletproof vest. Crazy. Like the forethought. Right? Also, Ghostface is going to have some fucking broken ribs, I'm going to tell you that, because that's how a bulletproof vest works. It, like, diffuses the force of the bullet, <laughs> and you do get, like, broken ribs and bruises and shit. I'm just saying. Where to? <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Sam, Richie, and Tara are like, we're going to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Basically, I think it's Sam who's just like, I'm going to do what these people in horror movies never do, and that's fucking leave. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. So they like pack their shit up. So like they run into Sydney and Gail and they're like, Sam, come with us. We're going to go after Ghostface because so long as Ghostface is out there, None of us are safe. Sydney's like, trust me, I know. I've been through this many times. And Sam's like, yeah, that's that's your life, but that's not my life. And Sydney's like, all right, well, good luck, I guess. And <sighs> Courtney Cox is like, oh, you're just going to let them go. And Sydney's like, don't worry about it. I put a tracker on their car. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, good for you, girl. So they're like driving away. And Tara's digging through her bag. And she's like, wait, my inhaler. I don't have my inhaler. And they're like, okay, well, like, can't can't you like wait? Can we stop at a pharmacy? Stop at a pharmacy, and she's like, well, I'll need a prescription. But the house is like way out of the way, and they don't want to backtrack. They want to get out of there as soon as possible. And she's like, oh, but Amber's house is on the way, and I have a, a spare inhaler there. Richie's like, fuck no, we're not stopping anywhere. Like, no, 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 we're getting out of here. But Tara cannot go without her inhaler. So they're like, oh god, Jesus. All right, fine, we'll go there then. Cut to Amber's house where there's a fucking rager going on. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a rager slash memorial for Wes. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, I forget who it is, but but I think Chad is taking a shot and someone else is like, Chad, this is a memorial. Yeah, and he's like, this is how I mourn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the moment where everyone like raises a glass and they're like, to Wes. And... That's where several former cast members have their voices in the crowd there oh. saying, you know, to Wes. Oh, I'm going to cry. It's such a sweet moment. <laughs> That's so nice. Like meta, meta wise. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh. But yeah, so they have this rager going on. Richie, he's like, y'all are really throwing a party like in the middle of like a murder <laughs> spree. <laughs> Yeah, Richie in this moment is is very funny. I freaking love this scene. I love him. <laughs> he tries to be very rational. He like turns on the lights and he's like, everyone, you're going to be like a lot safer in your homes. 
and people are like boo and and throw cups at him and Shane's like okay I tried to be nice get the fuck out yeah he get, I like how out. he initially refers to everyone as Gen Z he's like attention yeah. Gen Z <laughs> <laughs> they say like someone's like someone's dad is like kicking us out or something some shit like that yeah. it fucking made me crack up I also got to talk about several moments before that because there's some there's some interesting party moments where Mindy is like hey, Amber, we're out of beer. Can you, like, go to the basement and get some more? And Amber's like, yeah, sure. Down there, we get another, like, fridge door, cuts off visibility of most of the rest of the frame. And then she closes it, and Mindy is right there. And she's like, Jesus Christ, Mindy. (laughs) And Mindy's like, this was a test. You shouldn't have gone to the basement alone. You didn't even ask me to come with you. They have this this weird, like... (laughs) princess bride which glass is poisoned energy moment where they're like oh but you could be the killer but you could be the killer all right let's just both go upstairs i want you to go first though because you could be the killer (laughs) (laughs) also while they were in the basement there i was like they had such energy between them i was like are these girls gonna kiss (laughs) (laughs) they did not sadly also in this moment where they were having this like conversation back and forth i was like are they both the killer and they're like playing a game with each other? Like, haha! but wouldn't it be so <laughs> funny if one of us was the killer? Wink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, the other twin, Chad, is making out with his girlfriend who they, they have not had sexual intercourse yet. And she's grinding on him and she's like, I think I'm ready. Like, let's go upstairs. And he's like, oh, really? And she's like, yeah, like, let's go. And then he's like, um... So like, here's the thing, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that you are the killer, like you could be the killer. Like, I'm 99% sure that you're not the killer, but like, and she gets so offended and she leaves before everyone's kicked out again. Chad goes to Mindy and talks to her. And first of all, Mindy is watching the original stab. And I really love the the clip that they showed because they got the costumes exactly right everyone looks like the slightly bizarro universe version of the actual actors i love it i also think it's very funny because chad's like you're really watching a movie about our uncle getting murdered (laughs) and yeah mindy's like it relaxes me Chad's like, well, my girlfriend left because I accused her of being the killer. Uh, what are <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, you're really just going to watch this? And she's like, no, I'm also going to get high and maybe hook up with Jenna. And this girl, like, on the couch near her just kind of, like, gives her an up nod. <laughs> I was like, oh, I fucking knew she was gay. <laughs> she has such <laughs> queer energy. So then the party gets broken up and... A teenager comes in and he's like, somebody's weird dad is kicking us out of the party. I love that scene. Everyone leaves Mindy because this is her house and she just watches more of Stab. It's Amber's house. It's Amber's house. Yes. Ah, pardon. So Mindy just just vibes there, I guess. After accusing his girlfriend of possibly being the murderer, Chad feels kind of bad and is like, oh, like I'm going to go meet up with my girlfriend or something. And they have this like, I think the, the app was called Find My Fam. Yeah, which is very funny. And so he's like using it to 
track her location. So it's GPS based. And whenever he gets closer to her, it starts like beeping. And he ends up in a very isolated area. And oh my God, it's not his girlfriend. It's Ghostface. Who could have seen this coming? Oh my God, certainly not I. And here's the thing where it's like, I know it's like a gag in the movie and everything very meta, as we all know. Mm. I would not be falling for that shit. You kidding me? Mm -mm. No, I'm going home. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'd be like, no, I'm out. Goodbye. Also, have these people never heard of the buddy system? Yeah, if my girlfriend wants to go off by herself and get murdered, that's her business. Yeah, right. I'd be like, listen, like, you should know better. And if she does, you know, but at the end of the day, she does what she does and he does what he does. But like, okay, there's a killer going around killing people with a connection to the original stab movies. Mm -hmm. You are aware of the fact that you have some kind of connection to them. Mm -hmm. And yet you allow someone who you are not directly speaking to to lead you somewhere isolated in the middle of the night while you are intoxicated. (laughs) Yeah. So Chad gets stabbed in the leg, but he manages to fight Ghostface off for a bit. And he like, you know, he limps away. And on the phone, he like sees Ghostface getting like closer and closer because Ghostface is fucking tracking him with the phone. (laughs) And he like tries to turn off the tracking, but he has blood all over his hands. So the, the phone doesn't work. (laughs) And so he just like chucks it in the opposite direction (laughs) and he starts trying to run away. But then Ghostface pops out of a shed and chases him down and stabs him. Rip in peace, Chad. R.I.P. Chad. So cut to inside the house and Mindy's high and watching Stab. And Richie actually goes up to her and he's just like, hey, you have any extra beer? And she's like, yeah, in the basement. And he says, do you want to come with me? And she says, no, but good on you for asking. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'll be right back. Uh, and they like point at each other like, aha. <laughs> so he leaves and she turns up to face the TV and she's like, yeah, he's he's fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I love that moment there. Yeah. And they did the moment that I was deeply hoping that they would do. Yes. Where Mindy is watching Stab. It's the scene in Scream where her uncle, Randy, is watching Halloween and he's like, look out, Jamie, look out, Jamie, because, you know, Michael Myers is like creeping up behind her. And I was so hoping that she would also say, look out, Jamie, because the actor who plays Randy, his name is Jamie. Yes. So it's a weird meta thing. Mm-hmm. I was hoping maybe her name was Jamie, too. <laughs> so we would get a third layer of look out, Jamie. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, sadly, her name is Jasmine and not Jamie. Ah, close, though. Close, though. Close. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually, Ghostface is creeping up behind her while she's having fun with telling her late uncle to look out for the killer behind him. Turn around. While he's telling Jamie Lee Curtis to look out for the killer behind her. And and she, like, pauses for a moment while she's doing it. And she, like, turns around and Ghostface is right there. And she's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Very good scene. Yeah. So she like fights him off for a bit. Cut to Sydney and Gail who are driving now going after Sam and Tara and Richie because they have the tracking device. And the tracking device says that they've stopped. And so Gail's like, where? Like at a gas station or? And Sydney's like, no, but we know this address. They are at Stu's house. Stu Mocker <laughs> from the first movie. They're at his house where the climactic ending of the first movie took place. Yep. There's a really good moment where Sydney calls Sam 
and is like, that is Stu's house, you know, where your father killed like five people. <laughs> you got to get out of there. And she there's like a slight zoom out and she turns around and like you realize this is the same set. Yes, it's great. Great moment. Great moment. So, yeah. So right now in the house, we only have, as far as we know, Sam, Tara and Amber, who are upstairs in Amber's room looking for Tara's inhaler. Richie, who went downstairs to get beer. Mindy, who was in the living room and was then getting attacked by Ghostface. Chad, who is off somewhere that no one knows that he's fucking dead yet. And then Gail and Sydney, who are on their way, but not there quite yet. Oh, so we we said stuff out of order a little bit because after uh, Sam gets the call and Sydney is like, hey, you're inside Stu's house. She hears some screaming from Mindy and she goes and Mindy's fighting off Ghostface. And uh, Sam takes a lamp and bashes him over the head with it. And he just runs off. (laughs) So she helps Mindy. Oh, yeah. Also, people at this point are kind of considering that maybe Sam is the murderer, which, you know, that's that's a it's a little ableist kind of saying just because (laughs) just because she's on some antipsychotics like it's always the people on some kind of drug. Yeah, I don't know. If I learned one thing from Ari Aster, it's that the mentally ill are dangerous. It's true. We as mentally ill people can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've got a deadly combination here. We're both bipolar and I have DID. I could be harboring 20 serial killers in me. Oh my God. Can confirm that you are. Ah. <laughs> uh, that's, the, that's the plot <laughs> twist of this podcast. So yeah, so when they hear... Mindy screaming, everyone congregates in the living room. And the first thing they see is Sam like touching Mindy and Amber and Tara come down and they're like, what the fuck did you do? Richie comes up from the basement and he's like, what's going on? And Sam is like, Richie, where the fuck were you? And he was like, I was downstairs getting beer. Mm-mm. And it's like, okay, Richard. Yeah. And I, I think we're getting stuff a little out of order here. Because there's a distinct moment that I wanted to talk about where Liv comes up to Mindy on the couch. I guess it's before she gets attacked. It's right before she gets it. It's so, because I, I just like skimmed through it. But is that worth mentioning? I wanted to mention it because at that point, I thought that maybe it was, it was Mindy and Liv who were the killers. And maybe oh. Liv just went and killed Chad. And Mindy's like, hey, where the hell is my brother? And maybe like Liv is starting to turn on Mindy. Oh, that was my theory. Okay, yeah, because that happens right before. Yeah, right before lookout, Jamie. Yeah, everyone comes to the living room and they're like, "Sam, what did you do? How dare you? What did you do to her?" Sam was like, "Richie, where were you?" He says, "I went to the basement." And Tara's like, "You went to the basement alone?" And he says, "I asked her to come with me," and she said, "No." <laughs> so very funny moment. So Liv comes running in and her hands are covered in blood and it's because she's found Chad outside and they're like, you're the killer. She says, I'm not, I'm not. Then Amber is like, I know you're not the killer. And she pulls out a gun and blasts Liv through the head. And says, welcome to act three. Welcome to act three. (laughs) At this point, I was like, okay, like what is Amber's motivation? Because she doesn't really seem to have much, which I mean, you know, in the first scream, they're like, isn't it? Isn't it scarier when the killer has no motivation? But anyway, you're going to have to do that. My notes kind of like really slow down here because I was getting into the movie oh. a lot more. <laughs> so now that Amber has a gun out and has just killed Liv, they all split up. Tara runs off somewhere and Richie and Sam go into the basement and Sam's like, wait, like we have to go after Tara. 
And Richie says, no, he's like, there are always two killers. And he's like, did you ever think that your sister could be the killer? And Sam's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, listen, it's because of her that we're here. She mm-hmm. told us that there was an extra inhaler in Amber's house, which is why we are here. Like, did you ever think about the fact that, you know, she could be the one doing this? And Sam's like, no, because I know my sister. Which like, good for you. Not letting a man come between you two. Mm-hmm. Cut to Sydney and Gail who are outside and they get their guns out, you know, and they hear screaming from the inside. And they're like, all right, well, Cox gun, here we go. <laughs> and so they see Amber hobbling out of the door and she's like oh god help me help me he stabbed me and the two women look at each other and they're like you buy it and they're like nah <laughs> <laughs> and so amber's like fuck it and shoots gail in the stomach that is a rough way to go if you do not get medical treatment i've seen reservoir dogs fucking rough and gail says you know you said we were gonna finish it so go finish it sydney do it for dewey so sydney's like all right and goes into the house also the only thing that I could think of while Sydney was going through the house here is Sydney really looks like my mom from like 20 years ago. Oh my God. Every time she like turned her head a little too fast, I was like, that's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, that is just the thing that I kept thinking over and over again. Yeah. So we have both Sydney and Sam like walking around the house. Sydney's like shooting at every door. And she's like, if she's like, if you're in here, like come out in the next five seconds. Mm. And not just she's shooting at every door. She's going up to the doors and shooting through them before opening them. (laughs) Meanwhile, like Sam's walking around the house and she hears like something from a closet, opens it up and she sees her sister like bound and gagged in a closet. And she's like, oh, my God. And she like goes to untie her. But then she hesitates. So Tara, like all gagged and muffled, is just kind of like, 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 Sam, come on. But you see Sam hesitate because, you know, Richie's words have gotten to her. Mm hmm. Cut to Sydney back on the first floor and her phone's ringing. And who is it but Ghostface saying, hello, Sydney, as he likes to do. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all right, hey, where are you? And he says, oh, this is an Amber. This, I'm the other one. And she's like, oh, there's two of you. Great. Like, we've been through this <laughs> shit before. Very original. <laughs> he says, not this movie, Sydney. And she's like just talking about how unoriginal he is. And so she hears something from behind a closet door in the hallway, shoots through it. And who is it but Richie on the floor with his hands up and he's just like, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? I told you to get out. And he's like, no, I'm hiding from murderers. Yeah, she, yeah, she's like, why didn't you come out when I said that to you a few minutes ago? And he's like, you're shooting everything that moves. Yeah. <laughs> and then from like a door behind Sydney, Ghostface pops out and Richie is still in the closet says, holy shit, it's Ghostface. <laughs> <laughs> that got a huge laugh out of me. <laughs> He was my favorite character in this movie. He's so funny. So Ghostface and Sydney are like grappling with each other. They fall down the stairs, which is rough. And Richie's like rushing to get down. And Sydney's like, come on, Richie, get the gun. He's like, yeah, it's kind of hard since you shot me in the leg. (laughs) But he's rushing down, reaching for the gun. but But Sam grabs the gun and they're like, yeah, yeah, like shoot him. And Richie like hobbles up to her. He's like, oh, God, I'm so glad you're okay." Grabs a knife from like behind his back or some shit and stabs Sam right in the stomach. Yeah. The ultimate betrayal. And he's like, (laughs) I forget if he uses like the voice changer for this, but he's like, I know it's a bummer. It's me, right? (laughs) Me on my couch. I was like, yeah, honestly. Yeah, because he was my favorite. Yeah. 
So now we know who our two killers are, Richie and Amber. But we have no idea how they know each other, what their motivation is. But there is one moment where he like he gives Amber one of the guns and she's like, thanks, hon. I was like, what? Yeah, right. So they're like third act bloodbath. Check. Killers revealed. Check. Time for the big finale. So here is the motivation. So surprise, surprise. These two maladjusted people met on Reddit. (laughs) 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 They, They met in the stab subreddit. And we're talking about how, like, Stab 8, or whatever the most recent one was, was such a disappointment, and how the movies need to go back to their roots. And what they really need is, like, new source material. And that source material needs to involve the legacy characters. We gotta get the originals back in there, guys. And so they're like, we wanted to bring everyone with a connection to the originals back together. And of course, I mean, we had to kill Dewey to let everyone know that it's serious, that anyone could die in this, (laughs) that we're not just pussyfooting around. Oh, and so much like how Billy and Stu had the plan of framing Sydney's father for all of these murders, Richie and Amber planned to frame Sam for this. And apparently Amber told Richie that Sam's father is Billy Loomis because apparently this isn't actually a secret because Sam's mom drinks a lot and runs her mouth occasionally. (laughs) So Amber knew this and told Richie this and Richie tracked her down and became her boyfriend. He was like, it wasn't hard to fuck you either. It's like, Jesus. (laughs) Right? They take Sydney, Gale and Sam into the kitchen and they're like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to kill you now. Oh, yeah, they tell Sydney that uh, they have to kill her because she survived too many movies. If she survived this one, it would just be absurd at this point. (laughs) Richie's like, Amber, go get Tara out of the closet. And Amber's like, she's not in there. (laughs) And yeah, Sam's like, I untied her. Yeah, it's like, guess you're not as persuasive as you thought. And then the landline rings and Sam says, that's for you. (laughs) <laughs> and Richie's like, he he calls her her gimpy little sister, which like, like Jesus that's fucked up. Fucking Christ. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> that's re- that's horrible. But anyway, he's just like, yeah, your sister's not gonna be able to do anything. She's our fucking pincushion at this point. <laughs> and then he was like, all right. He's like, Amber, fan out, like she couldn't have gotten far. Meanwhile, so Richie has his gun pointed at the ladies and Amber's like, I can't find her. And then Tara comes out of nowhere and like whacks Amber over the head with her crutch. Starts beating the shit out of her with her crutch. And so Richie's like distracted for a brief second and Sam lunges at him and starts like wrestling him for the gun. Starts biting him and shit and everything. Richie's now chasing Sam around the house. Meanwhile, Amber winds up back in the kitchen and starts fighting with both gail and sydney which is a very cool fight scene i really like this yeah so i guess there's like a glass bottle of hand sanitizer and like sydney smashes it in amber's face and she's like oh the fucking hand sanitizer and they're fighting and somebody bumps up against the stove and like turns it on and it's like it's like a one of those gas stoves with like an actual like flame so they throw amber across the counter and amber's like no 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 it, it, it's not my fault and sydney's like let me guess it was the movies that made you do it which is very funny because that was in the second movie 
where mm-hmm. the whole thing was like, oh, yeah, the movie made me do it. And everyone's like, no, no, no. Like, I was radicalized <laughs> by the message boards. <laughs> They're like, by movie fans? And she's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's not my fault. I just wanted to be a part of something. And it's like, obviously, she's full of shit. So Gail, like, punches her and is, like, wrestling with her. And she's, like, choking Gail at one point. And Gail and Sydney, like, pry her off and throw her, like, she slams her back against a counter and starts to get up. And Sydney is like, Gail, you do the honors. And Gail shoots her. And the force of the bullet is enough to, like, kind of push her back onto the stove. And because she's covered in hand sanitizer, this bitch goes up in flames. Spectacularly, to be honest. Honest, I I loved this. It was really good. Meanwhile, Sam and Richie are fighting now. And she's able to, like, overpower him at some point. And she's like on top of him. He's like, oh, like what are you going to do? Like, blah, blah, blah. Kind of like just taunting her. And she's like, well, you should know not to mess with the daughter of a serial killer and stabs the fuck out of him. Yeah, she like sees Billy in the mirror and he just kind of like gives her the nod. She fucking brutalizes his ass. Mm-hmm. Billy's like, that's my girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Richie's like, but what about my ending? And she's like here it comes and she very slowly slits his throat Wild. not even like directly across she like goes for his fucking jugular from like side of the neck down to collarbone it's gruesome yeah but also good for her good for her <laughs> it's called being a girl boss it's called mad pride sweetie look it up so they shoot him in the head because sydney's like you gotta shoot him in the head And that's done. And they're like, all right, time to go shoot the other one in the head or something. It's like, because if you don't, they're going to come back. So they start heading to the kitchen and we just see a fucking half burnt Amber charging at them with a knife screaming. And then we hear a gunshot and it's Tara who had been like off to the side and shot Amber in the head. She says, I still prefer the Babadook. Hell yeah. yeah. Gay icon, the Duke coming in clutch. <laughs> and so they all hug. All is well. Mindy's still alive. Yeah. And Chad is still alive, too. Oh, Chad is still alive? Chad is in the opposite ambulance getting loaded in. Oh, I didn't register that. Oh, good. I didn't either. I had to look it up on Wikipedia because uh-huh. I was like, we never really got a full depth for chad mm-hmm. and no it says here tara and the meeks twins are loaded into ambulances to be taken to the hospital good for them good for them they were great characters also gail's doing really well for someone who was shot in the stomach yeah she's just kind of vibing apparently yeah she was literally just sitting everyone's like okay like how are you doing whatever gail says that she won't write about this because part of the reason they did it was also to get notoriety and like have their names out there and gail's like no i'm not going to do that i'm gonna write a story about dewey yeah i'm sure that will sell all right (laughs) (laughs) and so sam's like okay like i have a weird question am i going to be okay and sydney says eventually and i think that's the end yeah she gets in the ambulance with her sister and she's like i'm gonna hold your hand the entire way there and that's it That's the movie. That's it. And like the last shot of the movie is us like panning away from Stu slash Amber's house. And that is the end of the movie. Good time. Good time. I love this. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the action was really good. I thought the characters were fun. Liv is, as the movie admits, kind of boring and (laughs) kind of forgettable. 
Yeah. But man, did her head fucking explode. Yeah, that it did. <laughs> that is one of the few instances of a woman getting shot in the head in a movie. Really? Yeah, most women get shot in the body. Huh. Like there's a YouTube video that's like 100 films, 100 headshots, and only two out of the 100 are women. Huh. So most of the time, it's men whose brains explode out of the back of their head. So Liv is a feminist icon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> women can get shot in the head too. <laughs> Don't let anyone tell you, women, that you cannot get shot in the head. <laughs> women can also be war criminals. Women can also get shot in the head. Uh, Don't let the patriarchy tell you otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Nicole, who's your LVP for this movie? My LVP is Wes mm. and also his mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think LVP is Sheriff, whatever her name was. Uh, Sheriff Judy Hicks. Yeah, Sheriff Judy Hicks. I thought that she did nothing and then she died, but at, at least she got a cool scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, for all of the ways that she prepped Wes, he has a taser and pepper spray and shit on him at all times. She at one point, like, calls out like, hi, honey, how was school? And gets no response back and immediately grabs a knife. And for all that, she doesn't even get, like, overpowered. She literally, like, runs into his knife. Oh, my God. Very Chicago. Yeah, very Chicago. <laughs> big, big loser here. Big loser. Wes's death was, again, like, I loved that scene. I loved yeah. everything leading up to his death. But, you know, he didn't do anything. He was just there. So him, honestly, like, if I had to choose somebody from, like, big cast, I would say that, that Dewey was the least valuable of the players. Yeah. Even though he did get it in one. The movie even says Dewey got it in one. It was the love interest and in one of the friends. Yep. Oh, <laughs> Dewey. Rip in peace, Dewey. Yeah, I, I mean, if I'm not choosing Judy Hicks and not choosing West Hicks, I'd probably live. <laughs> what did Liv do besides like grind on Chad and get shot in the head? It's because of him that he got attacked because she couldn't yeah. keep track of her phone. <laughs> <laughs> So, Nicole, who's your MVP for this film? What will we consider an MVP? Like, who was my favorite or, like, who... I don't know. It's most valuable player. I think, like, who impacted the script most, who was the most useful. I think it's a lot harder to not say the main characters in a movie than uh, perhaps the MTV Scream show. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's say we're discounting Sydney, Sam, and... Tara? Yeah, Tara. Let me tell you... Richie was my fucking man. I loved him. <laughs> he fucking ruled. He did a lot of legwork on this movie. He did a lot of legwork on these murders. Yeah. Richie was the guy. Yeah. He was absolutely my favorite character. You know who I think my MVP is? Who? Billy Loomis. I was going to say Billy too. <laughs> <laughs> he was clearly working hard in 1996 and 25 years later it paid off. Look at him. Look at him. Finally doing something good in his life. That's called planning ahead. Yeah. It was all part of the plan to to die. Playing the long game. Yeah. <laughs> Besides that, I think, I mean, I'm going to say Mindy. You know, I love a gay girl. I enjoy her immense media knowledge. Frankly, I think that, well, I think Mindy's a little young for me at maybe 18, but I still think maybe she should call me and we can compare movie notes. Oh my god, I would love to watch a movie with Mindy. Chad can come too. He I like fun. Chad. I enjoy yeah. the twins. 
<laughs> They're in the second movie, too. Hell yeah. You know who's not in Scream 6? <gasps> Who? Sydney. Oh, yeah, I do. I do know about that. She was like, I do not like the direction this is going. I am going to keep an open mind when I see it, mm-hmm. is all I will say. Perhaps next show swap, we can uh, we can watch Scream 6. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I just can't stress that enough. I freaking loved Jack Quaid as Richie. <laughs> Jack Quaid, my favorite Nepo baby. I love him forever. <laughs> this cast rules, to be honest. Oh, everyone was great. Even like the fucking background characters were really good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that one cop at West's house. I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Nicole? Final thoughts. This movie fucking rules. Great movie. Watch Scream. Watch Scream. I like. I obviously, you know, I mentioned earlier, I love me some Scream. But whenever I do my rewatch, I usually watch like the first three because those are the ones I own like physical copies of. Mm-hmm. Then four is just like not good. Like I can I can go without <laughs> that one. Uh, and that's why I remember when I first saw five, it was like such a pleasant surprise that I loved it so much. Yeah, I feel the creators really get Scream 1996. Yes, like they set out to do something and boy, oh boy, did they do it. They fucking delivered with this movie. The creators of Cocaine Bear did not do us wrong. Oh my God. Did you see Cocaine Bear? No, <laughs> I just saw it on the page and my therapist mentioned it this past week. And It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> oh man, I think that's it. I think that's it. So once again, this has been Dead Teen House Party, a Scream recap podcast. Thank you to the hosts for allowing us to guest host this one. This is a lot of fun. (laughs) A lot of fun. Claudia, one last plug. Where can the people find you? You can find me over at the Three Little Words podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at PunkDyke, P-U-N-K-D-Y-K-E. I can't believe I didn't have to kill anyone for that ad yet. (gasps) And you can find me at SexyPagliacci on Twitter, S-E-X-Y-P-A-G-L-I-A-C-C-I. You can also find me on the Three Little Words podcast. Fun fact, we're (laughs) (laughs) co-hosts. You know, here's a fun fact. Pagliacci, very famously a clown that stabbed someone. (gasps) Pagliacci. That's what the the opera is about. He kills his (laughs) wife on stage. Pagliacci, the stab clown and also the sad clown. Oh. But yeah, check out our podcast. We're at the 3LW podcast on Twitter. If you ever want to hear us talk about some romance novels that may or may not be steamy <laughs> <laughs> or dreamy or meme. It's true. In theory, your your host might be back. <laughs> we didn't shoot them in the head, so oh. they'll, they'll probably come back. Or slit their throats or stab them multiple times. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw a vision of my father in the mirror and then just had to kill Marn. <laughs> Rip and peace, Martin. <laughs> All right, we do a real one. Unlike your normal hosts, we hope that you don't get stabbed. <laughs> <laughs>
Nicole was your typical hopeless romantic, moonlighting as a fanfiction writer. Claudia was a hard-headed activist with a YouTube channel and the mysterious past. When Nicole hit a deep funk in her writing, Claudia suggests one of her hidden passions, romance novels. Now the two have fallen into a world of endless handsome hunks, doe-eyed damsels, and lascivious lovers. It is now their sacred duty to rank these novels on three criteria. Their steaminess. I had to fan myself off. Their dreaminess. She's not missing anything without him, but he makes her life better. And their meaniness. Cal wouldn't be in some small town pie-eating contest. That's not why he left me. <laughs> Join our heroines every other week as they overcome unhealthy relationship archetypes, thesaurus-abusing authors, and anatomical inaccuracies to prove that love can conquer all on the Three Little Words Podcast, only on the Moonshot Network.